Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com. Word Alive is based on John 10.10, 10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Word Alive co-hosts are Ella, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Renetter, coming to you from Gladwin, Michigan. You may email your comments, prayer requests, and questions to WordAlive612 at gmail.com, and that is a capital W. Join Word Alive each Thursday evening from now on at 6.30 p.m. Calling 646-378-0538 or online here at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Word Alive where all previous broadcasts are available on demand. You may also listen to Word Alive 24-7 in live by downloading the Blog Talk Radio app for your Android phone or by downloading the Word Alive podcast on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at wordalive.now. Thank you for joining us. I pray that there is something edifying for you in the broadcast. Well, hello, this is Renetter. Today is January the 14th. This is the first broadcast on our new night. Yes, we are moving from broadcasting on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. to now Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. And we are so glad that you were able to join us, whether you're joining us live or whether you're listening to us on demand. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy the broadcast, please invite a friend the next time. Well, my name is Renetter, one of the co-hosts here at Word Alive, and I am joined by Ella, our other co-host. How are you tonight, Ella? I am very blessed and doing very well. Thank you. Good. Well, we know that we're still in the very, very newness of 2016, It's still a new year, and we still would like to say Happy New Year to everyone. Well, to start off this new year, or to continue starting off the new year, we're going to talk about a new subject, Progressing in God Through Change. Whoa. I know that word can be a dirty word to some people. Change. Because some people do not like to hear the word change, especially sometimes the older you get, the less you like change. I guess because we sort of get um, 
used to the way we do things, we're used to the way we think, and we're used to the way we act, and we get very comfortable being normally us. And then all of a sudden, and then a lot of times when change takes place in our life, is not our choice. Something else happens to sort of like propel us into that place of change. So it's kind of like you don't have a choice but to change. For example, some things that can cause our lives to change is death, um, unexpected pregnancy, um, illnesses. Oh, yeah. Illnesses. Illness. Financial loss of wages, income. Loss uh, of jobs, unexpectedly, yes. Not by your own choice. Re- relocate our housing. Fires. Yes, fires destroy everything you have, and all of a sudden you have to change where you live. Floods. Uh, floods. Floods. Natural disasters. Yep. Um, Automobile accidents, train accidents, uh, airplane crashes. There's a lot of, there is a lot of things that can happen in our life almost in an instant that causes drastic change to take place. And you have to adapt, and sometimes extremely quickly you have to adapt. Some people can adapt to change, and they do very well with it. Other people, it takes a longer time, although they will eventually adapt. And then other people just don't adapt at all, and they just never seem to get it together behind a catastrophic change in their lives. So I'm going to look at a couple of def. I like definitions because I like to understand words that we use. So I'm going to look at a couple of definitions uh, for change. So one quick definition, online definition is the verb change is to make or become different. An example they give is a proposal to change the law. Definition number two, take or use another instead of. An example, she decided to change her name. So she's using another name instead of the one she previously used. As a noun, the act or instance of making or becoming different. An example, to change from a nomadic to an agricultural society. Two, coins as opposed to paper currency, a handful of loose change. Okay, so there was one. I'm going to look at some more in a minute. But to become or make different, of making or becoming different, those are the two basic definitions that I really want to uh, uh, pay attention to. So it says to become or make different. So I can do something to make something different for someone else, or I can decide to make something different for myself, or I can decide to become different. And one easy way that I can make a change is let's say I change my hairstyle. So I go to work one day with long straight hair, 
And then the next, the that night I decided, you know, I want to change up my look. So the next day I go to work with short curly hair. It's a very easy change to make. I just have to style my hair a little differently, take a little time to make it look different than it did the day before. That's a easy change that doesn't really have a big effect on me. Now, sometimes a simple change like that can have a drastic effect. I used to, uh, maybe even now sometimes, but I could go from wearing my hair down to wearing a really tight ponytail, and it causes me to have a horrible headache. So that's a that's a, a very simple change, but it can have a kind of a hard effect on me sometimes. I don't know why that happens. I don't know what causes it, but I remember when I was younger, I think I remember it happening more often. I would change my hairstyle and it would make me have a headache. But it's very easy to undo that change. What about a change that you can't undo quickly? For example, okay, I could, if I change my hairstyle and I don't like it, as long as I haven't cut it, I can probably go right back to the same hairstyle. Or as long as I didn't go from, for example, I can go from, like curly hair to really straight hair by having a, a relaxer. It's not always easy to go back to the curly hair if you go from natural hair to having a relaxer because the relaxer kind of strips the curl out of your hair. So I went from just my natural hair to a relaxer years ago, and my hair wouldn't curl the way it used to. I would, you know, try to get it not the way it was before, but try to get it to just hold the curl my hair when I... It wouldn't hold a curl, curl, not even for one full day. I might leave the house with a nice hairstyle, but once I get where I'm going, it's all the way back down and get straight. I just couldn't, it wouldn't hold a curl anymore. I couldn't undo that change. It takes a long time for all of your natural hair to grow back out to where it no longer has a relaxer in it. So that was a change that I couldn't undo very easily. It could be undone, but it just takes quite a bit of time to undo it. And as we look at the the world that we live in right now, especially here in the United States, a lot of uh, people of color are going back to their natural hair. So they are letting the relaxers grow out of their hair, and they are starting to wear their natural hair more. And if you have long hair, it takes a long time to go back to that. If you have short hair, you still have to let it grow out, but it doesn't take as long. So I'm just trying to get you to take a look at the effects of change and how easy or uneasy it could be to undo a change. Well, you know, when we get saved, when we give our lives over to the Lord, we go through an immediate change takes place in our life. Would you say, Ella, that at the onset of salvation, an immediate change takes place? Uh, Yes, there is uh, what we call the conversion, uh, understanding from the scriptures, um, believing in Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. And then there's another step of being uh, experienced in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is another change. But they many times it happens simultaneously in terms of mm-hmm. of uh, the evidences, the speaking of tongue, and then there's also change when when you hear the scriptures and the scriptures become 
very vivid and the revelation of them comes. Gives you another change of what God means when he says certain things. You know, mm-hmm. we used to believe it was this way, but then a revelation comes and we see it in a different light. All right. That's a very good example of uh, like kind of like a quick change. You read uh-huh. a scripture for years, and then all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit gives you the revelation of that scripture, all of a sudden you your eyes are open like instantly when you get the revelation, and you see it totally different from any way you've ever seen it before, and that's a quick change that takes place because when the revelation of the word comes, you're able to understand it and kind of like hold fast to that revelation that the Holy Spirit has given you and it allows you to be able to, um, it allows the life of the word to become very evident to you very instantly. So that's a a form of change. Now back to what she was talking about, about salvation. When you believe as the scripture, according to the scripture, a change takes place immediately within you. You go from being dead in sin to being alive in Christ. Now, the manifestation of that change and how you live your life on an everyday basis is not necessarily as instant as that conversion that took place on the inside of you because salvation happens to your spirit. Your spirit man is instantly made alive and uh, reconnected to God. However, it can take some time for our souls to process and to become aware of what have taken place on the inside of us and actually start receiving um, communication and understanding that it's receiving communication from this from our spirit man because a lot of people when they first get saved they don't change their lives they continue to live the way they've always been living and they have to actually go through a process of learning to hear their own spirit learning what it really means and learning to uh, be sensitive to the spirit and to be Begin to listen to the Spirit and follow the allegiance and guidance of the Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that comes to live inside of us when we, the instant that we get saved. However, we're not always aware of that transformation that's taking place on the inside, the instant. It depends on kind of like how driven you are by your natural man and how acclimated you are to to the world, living in the world, being a part of the world, being influenced by the world. Because a lot of people, if you've if you never known anything about God, for example, I was raised in the church. So I knew, I knew a lot of things about God or I heard a lot of things about God and heard the scripture talk all my life, even though I may not have been saved, I was very familiar with that type of a lifestyle and sort of what it implicated up to that point in my life. So when I first got saved, it wasn't the completest, newest newest thing in the world to me. However, 
I still had to learn the process of what that transformation on the inside of me did to me and what it meant. And when I first got saved, I was a child. So uh, so I didn't live, like, in the world. Or, or what I mean is I, I was raised in a home where my parents were saved. So we kind of lived, like, a saved lifestyle, whether you was saved or not. <laughs> when you're raised in a family where your parents are saved, I mean, they teach you certain ways to live and certain ways to act, and you do it whether you, you're you saved or not. You just learn to live that way. So I didn't live like we didn't go to parties. My mom and dad didn't smoke. They didn't drink. They didn't cuss. Um, they didn't expose us to a lot of things in the world. We lived, you know, pretty sheltered from the world, so I didn't even know a lot of things about the world. So it was totally different from someone who, let's say, they was raised in a family where they were world more based yeah they they live more based on the world system and they live more based on doing what they felt like doing whenever they felt like doing it without giving it a second thought, so they live more based on their their natural senses. So if they saw somebody else dance, they danced. If they saw somebody take a drink, they took a drink. They smoked. They party. They, you know, every weekend they was hanging out at the bars and that kind of stuff. Well, I didn't know anything about that type of a lifestyle because so I, because I wasn't exposed to it. And so I was raised being taught certain things, and, you know, so that's all I really knew. But for someone coming out of the world and never being a part of a church and never knew anything about church and never heard anything about God and all of a sudden, let's say, a friend invites them to church and then they get saved and now they're hearing about God for the very first time in their lives. So when they get saved, they may still go to the parties. They may still go to the bars on the weekends or, you know, the weeknights. They may still hang out with their friends, getting high or whatever. Why? Because they haven't come into the knowledge and the understanding of what has taken place in their life and what it really means. A new creation. They're a new creation on the inside. Their spirit is recreated in Christ. However, their soul and their body has to go through a transformation process to become one with what has taken place in their spirit. And this calls for change. So when we get saved, our spirit man is saved. But we go through the process of changing our soul and our body, changing our natural man to be one with the transformation that has already taken place in the spirit. Because the Bible says that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. So our spirit man is brand new instantly. But think about it. We, we've we never been connected with our spirit man. We lived our whole life based on the natural man, what we see with our natural eye, what we hear with our natural ear, ear, what we taste with our natural taste buds, what we touch with our natural sense of touch, and what we smell. And the longings and urges that our carnal nature have. And so... Uh, especially in the world that we live in nowadays, 
there's not a whole lot of more standard in the world any longer. I mean, maybe, I, I don't even know how many years ago, but there was some point years ago, Ella, where men would, men and women would think twice about cheating on their spouses. Nowadays, people give very, you know, some people, not all people, give very little thought to cheating on their spouses. It's almost like normal to the degree where some people say, like some women would give advice to their daughters and they would say, get over it, all men cheat. You just got to make up in your mind if you want to deal with it or move on to the next one, but that one's going to cheat too. There was a day and a time where, yeah, there was a day and a time where that wasn't the normal because even in the world, there was a higher standard of morals because people were more influenced by the godly than they are nowadays. Nowadays we live in a world where it has become kind of popular to do whatever you feel. If it makes you feel good, then you do it. And nobody else should have a problem with it unless you're stepping on their toes while you're doing it. And so people... You know, they sleep with whoever they want to. It don't matter if they married or not. It's, it's like uh, more acceptable now. We used to live in a world where it was frowned on to say that you were gay or you were bisexual or you were a man and you were in love with another man or you were a woman and you was in love with another woman. Now it's uh, more acceptable by society. So we take a look at the world that we live. I'm 60 years old. I've seen a lot of changes take place in the world since I was born. Our government has changed a lot. And a lot of the changes that take place in our government and in the moral code or lack of moral code in our society has an effect on almost everybody in the world. Because whether you like it or not, for example, I'll give you a good example. The government enforces things like um, taking prayer out of the school. Yeah, that was a big change. Look how well we've dealt with that. Look at the effects of taking prayer out of the school and taking the Bible out of the school and not being able to teach and train people from the word of God in school anymore. Look at what takes place in the school. It's common now, unfortunately, in America to hear about school shootings and school and in colleges now. It wasn't common 20 years ago. Changes take place sometimes that we don't invoke on ourselves. They're invoked by others, but we are left to deal with the the fallout from these changes. And the government supports things like that. For example, the the United States government has accepted and um, co-signed, let me see, um, marriages, same-sex marriages. I was trying to say the right terminology. Where it used to be not a consideration. I mean, you used to couldn't do it in a courtroom or in a church or whatever. 
And now they are our the government of the United States of America is condoning it. That's a big change that have taken place because of the lack of a moral standard in this country. The moral standard in the United States of excuse me of America is eroding away. Around the world. So things that well, yeah, around the world, but there's a lot of places in the world that that uh, does not allow same-sex marriages, and they're frowned against same-sex relationships. So the United States is extremely bad with his with his morals compared to the rest of the world. I mean, well, there, there are other places, there are places where you will get thrown in jail. If if they the find out that you have... call yourself into a biracial relationship, yeah, in uh, parts of Africa, people that have uh, that have been diagnosed with some uh, diseases are afraid to go to the doctor because in that part of Africa, it's against the law to be in a by uh, by a same sex relationship. And because that disease is prominent in a same-sex relationship, they're afraid that if they go to the doctor to get help, they would think that they're in a same-sex relationship and they would go to prison. So they don't go get help and they're dying. So change is inevitable, which means change is going to happen. It doesn't matter if you're saved or if you're not saved. It doesn't matter if you're male or if you're female. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. But in the world that we live in, change is constant. Something is always changing. The thing about change is how we let change affect our lives. You know, it's like you still, no matter what changes take place in the world and around you, you still have choices. And sometimes the choices that we may have to make may make you stand in a very unpopular group of people because of your belief system. And so when you when you are faced with some of the changes that take on in the world that we live in, especially as a Christian, you may find it harder and harder to, I won't say harder, but you may find that it takes more and more of an effort to decide whose side do I want to be on. Because sometimes choosing to be a follower of Christ will make you feel like you are being ostracized by others, ridiculed by others. Sometimes just because you choose to to stand your ground for something that you believe in, and it may not even have to be a Christian or a God thing, people will look down on you and frown on you because they don't agree with your opinion. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to change your opinion, or maybe you do. For example, 
people, some people um, will go to the extreme to protect um, animals that are about to be extinct. And then other people think that people that do that are crazy. But it's all about what are your values? What do you believe? How far are you willing to go to stand for what you believe? And there are people, I've heard of people chaining themselves to trees to protect a tree from being cut down. They, they are ridiculed by a lot of people. But they are so committed to that what they believe to be of value to them that it doesn't matter to them. And then there are other people that as soon as enough people stand against what they say is their belief, they change their belief. And all through the course of their life, they constantly change, 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 because their belief is really whatever is most popular because they don't want to be with a smaller group of people. They want to stand with those that are more popular. Ella, do you have anything you want to add? We're near the end. Well, every everything that is living changes. There's nothing <laughs> yes. that is alive that don't change. And uh, even things that are alive, aren't alive, the ocean changes, rocks change, and change is what we embrace. It is a part of our growth and our understanding, our comprehension of God and our process of allowing God to to lead us and guide us in, in our walk with him. So it's a good thing. It helps our faith. It helps our belief in the word. Uh, understanding of the word. So I am very uh, expecting change. When bad things happen, change. Look for the change. There is a process that will bring change. Change can be bitter and change can be sweet. Absolutely. Very well put. Very well put. So that brings us to the end of our first Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. regular broadcast. So we would like to ask you to come back Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for Word Alive, and please bring a friend. You can listen to us online anytime that you want. We have over 150 broadcasters already, so go online and listen listen to some of our broadcasters. God bless you. Have a God night. Good night, Ella. Good night. Good night, all. God be with you. Have great expectations for good changes in your life this year. That's our prayer and belief for all of us.